Hey, Pete, what's PID? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to work. <laughs> okay. From the top. <laughs> what? Otherwise, it's going to be all scripted and shit. Okay, fine, fine. Be like, hey, Pete. Hi, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hello. Hi there. Hey, Pete. Hi. There you go. Now ask him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. Okay. Starting over. Okay. Hey, Pete. Hi. <laughs> this, is, this is too ridiculous. You just have to start talking. Like I'm a- not cutting any of this stuff out. I'm it in. It's going to be great. All right. So, Pete, tell us about PID. Yes, I will tell you about please. PID. This is a How Do You Engineer special episode. PID is the most common approach, you may have heard of it, to controls. And starting from controls, I suppose, as you would when talking about PID. What is controls, Pete? Good question. (laughs) (laughs) Essentially, all the things that you interact with on a day-to-day basis that are mechanical, mechatronic, as you would call it, or um, often electrical, anything that, well, most things that engineers would design or develop um, other than like a bridge or a building. Like things that move. Yeah. Things that have different states. Mm -hmm. Pretty much most things around you that plug into something. Hmm. If they're controlled, in other words, if they do something that follows a prescribed process. So if they go to a particular point or they get to a particular temperature or they act a certain way, most of the time they probably have a controller in them. And the majority of the time that controller is probably PID based. Um, That's a large wild assumption to make but i'm gonna make it i think like you could probably generally say anything that moves at least yeah Mm -hmm. i mean there's many um authorities on control of which i'm not um would say that i think it's 97 percent of control tasks in the world are governed by pid Ooh. Mm. well you're the authority on control in this room yeah so i'll take your word for it everything from planes to trains to automobiles they all work in pid Mm. And not just mechanical things, though. Um, also, yeah. like chemical processes sure. use control, and pretty much all the things we've talked about on the show ever, except maybe Victor's episode. I don't think people are governed by PID, mm. but uh, everything else, yeah, PID is at work. Okay, so what does PID stand for? Yeah, PID stands for proportional integral derivative. And so, if we start from the basis of what controls are, what con- how controls work. There's two types of fundamental control. There's open loop and closed loop. And basically, the difference is with open loop, you're not measuring anything. You're just commanding something and hoping it goes to a particular point or does a particular thing based on how you command it. So send a voltage to it or heat it up or probably usually send a voltage to it. I would say heaters might actually be closed loop. Yeah. But like a speaker. No, but as as an open loop, con. yeah, speakers are great. Yeah. Yeah. So you send a voltage to them and they do something. Mm -hmm. Um, That's open loop. So you're not measuring anything. You're just commanding. Closed loop is when you take a measurement and you start to modify your command based on what the measurement is. So if you think about a car, the best example that anyone can relate to is cruise control. Mm -hmm. If you're just pushing on the accelerator and the car's going places, that's open loop. If you start looking at the speedo, or you turn on cruise control and the car starts sensing how fast it's going, then it's closed loop because it's starting to change the accelerator based on the speed that you're going to try to get you to that speed you set. So there's mm. a set point that you're trying to get to. So if I'm watching the speedo and I want to stay under the speed limit and I'm adjusting the position of my foot, I'm acting as the controller in that situation. Yep. You are the controller. But if I didn't want to do that, 
I could relegate to that to a system. Yep. I've actually taken whole courses on um, approximating and modeling humans as controllers, which is interesting. And uh, I'd love to say you can do it with PID, but you can't. (laughs) (laughs) That's far more weird and nuanced. But uh, no, humans aren't particularly all that great. Um, one why, of the, one of the approaches. Bad. Yourself. <laughs> Abby is a fantastic controller. The rest of us are mediocre. We're best. good at some things, but most of the time, in order to approximate a human, you take an like an optimized controller, an ideal controller, mm-hmm. and make it crappy, and then that approximates a person. <laughs> like make it crappy, like make it slow to react. Introduce or? delays. So okay. introduce um, delays in how quickly it can process things, or think about things, or understand the world around it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of figured that'd be where it is. We're kind of slow. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Certainly compared to like computers. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So let's get back to PID. What is it proportional? Yeah. What are those integral and differential? What are those things? So now that we understand how control works in the context of a closed loop controller, PID is a type of closed loop control. So you have a set point and you have, which is what you want it to do. And you have a measured value, which is what the system is doing at any given point. And so the first part of PID, which is proportional, is basically an expression of the current error in the system multiplied by a value. So it's proportional to the error. So and the error is the difference between the set point, which is what you want the system to do, and the measured value, which is what it is actually doing. Okay. So again, if you think about cruise control, if you want your car to go 100 kilometers an hour, and right now it's going 95, then your set point is 100, your measured value is 95, and the error is 5. Okay. So the error is the difference between what you want it to do and what it's actually doing. Mm-hmm. And so for proportional control, and there is actually just straight-up proportional control, um, you would take that error and multiply it by a value and just dump that back into the motor. So dump it back into whatever your process is, mm-hmm. and that would be your command. So you'd multiply, in the case of a car... You would multiply it and multiply your error and make that an input from the gas pedal effectively. Absolutely. And that would work. It just wouldn't work particularly well most of the time because if you use proportional control, um, what you're basically doing is acting kind of like a spring. Like if you think about a spring and how a spring bounces, Mm -hmm. but basically a spring will usually end up at a given kind of point. Yep. Um, if you, the easiest way to think about proportional control is your set point and your measured value are attached with the spring. Okay. So the stronger the spring or the spring coefficient in mechanical terms, the higher your proportional gain or your proportional term. Mm-hmm. So, the, so higher, the faster it snaps to the. Exactly. So it'll snap really fast to where it wants to be, but it'll also go like. <laughs> and most of the time you don't want that. That's yeah. called ringing or settling time and you don't want that. Okay. You want it to get to where it's supposed to be and just sit there. So, like, in the case of the cruise control, we'd go from 95 to 100 real fast, but then we'd go to 105. Yeah, and then go back to 100, and then go back to 98, and then back to 100, and then back to 102, and bounce around a lot, yeah. Well, if you only have proportional, then it could go back and forth from 95 to 105 forever. Yeah, or depending on how quickly you're sampling and what's going on, you could have other all sorts of other problems. Or your car could, like, wildly accelerate and crash into a tree. Yeah, it could happen. (laughs) So proportional can work, but usually doesn't work ideally. Mm -hmm. the way that you wanted to. So you have to add another term to that mathematical equation you're using to figure out the command you want to give to the motor in this case, or to whatever your process is. And so the second one you add is the, I'm going to do the D first, even though it's PID, (laughs) the D makes more sense. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go PD, which is another type of control. Okay. It's a proportional derivative. 
It's very common for position control. So if you're trying to control the position of something, typically you would use PD control. Okay. Um, and for PD control, well, especially for, I'll quantify it as especially for motors. Mm-hmm. Um, for B, the derivative term is the derivative of the error. Okay. So one other way to express that is it's kind of the speed of the error. It's sort of a prediction of what the error is going to do. So if the error it's was... How, how fast you're moving towards or away from your goal, right? Right. So let's say that the error was 95 and now the error is 97, then it would take the difference between the two values of error and put that over time. And that would be sort of the speed that the error is changing. Mm. And so you put that into your terms. So you have your proportional, which is the error multiplied by value. You have your derivative, which is the error, sorry, the speed of the error multiplied by another term. Mm -hmm. And you add those together and you send that to your motor. So now you have those two terms and they're both contributing. And depending on how big their coefficients are they contribute more or less to the actual command you give your system okay and the derivative term in like in the context of the mechanical system i was talking about earlier would be a damper so if you think about the suspension in your car if you've got the proportional term acting as a spring the derivative term acts as a damper so it sort of tries to stop that oscillation that ringing the proportional gain will give you so the larger the derivative term again to a certain point the more damped the response is and then the classic with a spring and damper is your uh, suspension, right? Yeah, exactly. So the spring, you, you under your car, you've got springs that hold your car up, but you've also got shocks. Yeah. And the shocks slow down the bouncing of the spring. Exactly. And so if you think about, again, the connection between what you want your, your process to do and what it is actually doing, this is sort of like you're connecting it with a spring and a damper. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And so generally it works pretty well. There's one problem, though, which is that sometimes, even if you think about the springs and dampers in your car, You'll want it to go to a certain point and it'll settle. So it'll stop moving and sit at a steady state away from what you want it to do. It won't actually get there. It'll stop somewhere close, but not quite there. And if you have that problem, you need to add integral or the I term. Mm -hmm. And the integral term is the integral of the error. So all of the errors over time, they get accumulated and added up and added up and added up and added up. And so if you basically are sitting there close to where you want to be, but not quite where you want to be, that integral term will continue to add up the error and slowly move you to where you want to be in the end. So you won't really see a significant effect. You have to kind of tune the other gains as well to get it to work when you add the integral, but you really won't see a huge effect until you're at steady state and then you'll see it slowly start to come up and then finally get to where you want to be. You just used the term tune your gains. What does yeah. that mean? Okay. So Other than being a great name for a band. Yeah. <laughs> tune your gains. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I can do that. So uh, the first thing you do when you design a control system is you, well, to be honest, the first thing you do is you model the system so you have an idea of how it behaves. Well, hold on. Before we get there, what are gains? Yeah. We'll get there. Oh, we're, okay. we're going. Okay. Oh, okay. We're, on, we're, we're moving in that direction. I thought we had gone past that. No. We need to go back. No, we're starting uh, from the beginning. All right. Okay. I got a story to tell. Okay. I'll <laughs> shut up and listen. <laughs> so the first thing you do is you model your system. Okay. And so let's say that it's a car with cruise control. You have to figure out how the car reacts to an accelerator. And so once you have that model, then the next step you do is if you've decided what controller you want to use, you have to tune your games based on that model. And so um, there's a lot of methods you can use to get those gains and those gains good point the gains are the (laughs) values that you multiply by the different terms so if you have your p term your i term and your d term um, the weighting like the amount that they each contribute to the actual command you send out 
are the gains. So okay. if you have your proportional term multiplied by 10 and your integral term multiplied by 1 and your derivative term multiplied by 0.1, those um, coefficients would be your gains. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So it's how much they each contribute to the overall command. Okay. And so there's a lot of different ways you can find those values. If you have the model of your system, you can do it mathematically based on either the model of the system and how it sort of approximates other math things. Um, you can also do it to a certain extent based on how it experimentally reacts. So if you give it a bump and you model your system based on how it reacts to kind of a, a bump or a shove, then you can get your model that way. And then you can, the gains will drop out based on that model. There's ways of manually tuning, especially PID controllers. There's a, they have kind of best practices where you can kind of throw some values in and see how it reacts. And depending on how it reacts, you can move those gains around to get the value that usually works. Those are called things like Ziegler Nichols and Cohen Kuhn and just named after people who came up with great ways of doing it. Yeah. Named after people who came up with uh, procedures for finding these gains. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also manually tune it just as p- following a purely manual process, which is generally something like you increase your proportional gain until it starts to ring or it sounds just kind of oscillate. Mm-hmm. And then you increase your derivative term until it stops and then you increase your integral term until you get the response you want in terms of speed. I think it's generally what it is, but it's been a while since I used that approach. Okay. <laughs> it's something along those lines. How like, do you pick which approach? Generally, it has to do with how difficult your system is to model. So if you have a really super complex system that you're trying to model, like a jet engine, it's probably not in the cards for you to necessarily model the whole thing and then build a single controller. You might have to take parts of it and mm-hmm. model those and then build a controller. But the standard approach that we use here, or at least um, at my job, um, is that you model the system as best you can, make some approximations, get it as close as it's sort of roughly going to get. Because generally, if the model it doesn't match entirely, the controller will compensate for that anyway, because it's controlling all the errors anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so you model it more or less. That gives you a rough idea of what the gains should sort of be. And then you tune it from there to try to get it to what the gains should actually be. So first you use the model to get roughly the values and then you tune them to get the actual values. And that tuning process is a lot easier because you're close. So basically it's just the proportional game will kind of make it move faster, like the spring. The damping will make it ring less and the integral gain will get rid of that steady state error. So you sort of tune those values to try to get the response you want. Cool. Mm-hmm. Now you So you talked about uh, proportional control and PD control and PID control. Can you also have PI control? Yes. Okay. And when would you want to do that? Um, PI control generally would be used for velocity control. Okay. So because, like your cruise control? Yeah. I mean, again, sort of, um, this is more in the context, again, of a motor because it's a nice example. But yeah, generally PI control would be used for systems where you're likely to get an offset. So you're likely to get something that's close to what you want it to be, but not quite where you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And that can typically happen with um, velocity controllers because... They kind of uh, get close to a speed, but there's a little bit of a resistance or a little bit of a friction that's holding them back. And so you use that integral gain to bring it up to where it needs to be. But you don't really need to worry about the damping too much because generally they don't quite react the same way as like a position would react. Because of like the speed at which they're reacting. They have inertia and stuff like on, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so they might they, they, it might be closer to a PID controller because the, the, the derivative term might be built into the motor a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And that happens sometimes. Sometimes systems inherently have a characteristic that means you don't necessarily need that coefficient, that particular part of the PID controller. Yeah. And sometimes you put them all in different nested loops and different uh, configurations. I once interviewed for a job working for a company that designed controllers for jet engines. 
and uh, the gentleman was telling me that they use something like 37 parallel PID controllers in the jet engine. Wow. So it's that still PID, but it's just all the little parts are being controlled by individual PID controllers. And then some of them will have kind of overarching supervisory PID controllers that are trying to keep the whole system in line. And hmm. it gets pretty complex. Mm-hmm. So might you have a controller that was like adjusting settings on another controller? Maybe. Would that, be, question. Like, would that be crazy? I don't think that would be, I haven't seen it, but I don't see why not. Cause that sounds cool. It would generally sort of be something where, for instance, um, if you think about cruise control again, um, if you're trying to do cruise control on like an electric motor, you might have a, con- a PID controller that's controlling just the speed of the wheel. So mm-hmm. you're like, this wheel, I want it to go 96 kilometers an hour. And there's a controller just making that wheel go that speed. Mm-hmm. And then there's an overarching PID controller that's, f- for instance, controlling maybe traction control. Uh-huh. And so that would be saying, okay, actually don't go that speed. So it's changing the set point basically and saying, oh, so don't go the there, games, go this but... speed, go this speed, go this speed. Oh, okay. So it's, uh, basically not really tuning the gains but changing what the controllers are being instructed to do so like hmm. if i had if i had a a thing that was controlling the position of a cart but the cart was an electric motor i would i might do position control with one kind of controller and then the actual motor control with a different kind of controller yeah some of the um some experiments that we do here the characteristics of the experiment are very slow or they have like weird electrical characteristics that mean that they kind of need their own lower level control just to get them to react quickly Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, if you have something, you might have like a lower level current controller that's just making sure the the process has the current it needs to react properly. And then an overarching controller that's trying to get it to actually do something interesting and do something useful. So it's commanding that current controller. Okay, cool. Yeah. You mentioned that the majority of control done in the world um, is done by PID. Why would you not use PID? Like what's PID good for? That's a good question. Um, so PID is generally very good for linear control. And so if you have a system where you, uh, it's kind of complicated because most systems aren't linear. If you think about linear systems, it's basically something where if you give it a value or an input, it does a certain um, action in to react to that input. So let's say we go back to the motor in your car. If you push your foot down, let's say 10 degrees, the motor revs. If you put your foot down 20 degrees, it revs, if it's linear, it revs twice as much. Or let's say that you're increasing the heat in your house. So let's say you put the temperature to 20 degrees Celsius, the heater comes on to a certain level of heat, and then you make it 40 degrees Celsius, it goes twice as hot. That would sort of be a linear system because it does twice as much um, in reaction to twi- in the output to twice as much input. Okay. So it's a linear response. Now your like your heater in your house probably isn't PID because it's usually just on or off. Like your furnace is either going yeah, or it's not. Generally, be on or off, or be again a PI controller because it has that slow reaction and that um, tendency to stay away from the actual set point, not actually get there. Mm. Sometimes they're PI, but uh, yeah, generally it would be on off control. Okay. Um. So now I got totally off topic. You think like what's a good example of a of a good linear, yes, linear system? Linear systems. Okay. Good. Um. I mean, a motor is generally reasonably linear. So if you give it 5 volts, it turns at a certain speed. You give it 10 volts, it goes roughly twice as fast. An electric motor in this case. An electric motor, yeah. Yeah. Um, barring friction and cogging and all sorts of other stuff. And also, if, like, if you're really close to zero, it tends to do weird things. Yeah, it does weird dead band stuff. But, yeah, that's all due to friction. If you ignore friction, a motor goes generally <laughs> linearly. In a frictionless <laughs> universe with no gravity and no air. Yeah. No, but that's a good point because what we do in control is generally we start with taking something that's nonlinear and trying to approximate it or linearize it as something that's linear 
because then you can control it using something like a PID controller. Because hmm. PID controllers basically only work for linear systems. Okay. So when I was saying how your first step is to model the system, generally part of that would be to linearize your model so that you can use PID on it. Oh, okay. Because okay. PID will expect if it gives you 5 volts, you do something. If it gives you 10 volts, you do twice as much of that thing. The PID can, algorithm thinks that's going to happen. And so what happens if you try to make, like you try to take a system that's not very linear and control it with a linear model? It just won't do a very good job. Like in the, in the controller or? Well, yeah. in either case, like if you got something that's, you're, if it's a bad linear approximation, what's going to happen if you try to run a PID If you have on? something that's very nonlinear and you're trying to control it with something that's expecting a linear system like PID, it generally will probably control it for regions that are linear. And then if you get to a point that's nonlinear, it'll fight it. And you could get into situations where you get a, oh, an interesting phenomenon called integral windup. Mm. where your PID controller, because it has that integral gain, which is based on the accumulation of error, if it's fighting and fighting and fighting to get the system to do something and it's not doing it, that integral error will keep adding up and adding up and adding up and adding up. Mm. And then if it finally comes back to a region where it reacts again, that integral gain is so huge that the system will react ballistically because it has all this added up integral error just sitting there waiting for it to get control authority again. So it's called integral windup and you can mitigate that in certain ways. Some that sometimes that'll happen. For instance, if you have a system where you're turning a controller on and off and giving a manual person control of the system sometimes also. So let's say that you're doing a process in a factory and you have like a, a drill and most of the time the drill is controlled by a PID controller, but then sometimes a human controls the drill. Mm -hmm. When you flip over to the human control, and then flip back to the manual, to the automatic control. If you don't do that properly, then while it's in manual control, the controller is sitting there and the person's operating the drill and the controller is trying to make it to do something else and nothing's happening. And so it's that integral gain is adding up because it's trying to do something and nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you flip back to automatic control, it's like, hey, all the integral error is just sitting here waiting and just throws it at the problem in. Mm. It goes crazy. Things go bad. If you're holding the drill for up, then it turns on and it drives exactly. the drill into the table really so fast. There's different ways of mitigating that. Um, the easiest way is to reset the integral when you turn on the controller. Mm-hmm. But there's all sorts of other ways of doing it too to make sure that when that happens, it doesn't go nuts. Mm. Um, so that was linear control. Mm-hmm. There's also nonlinear control. To get back to Abby's question. Right. Where if you have a nonlinear system, generally for those reasons, you won't use PID. You'll use a nonlinear controller. And maybe one day I'll talk about nonlinear control, <laughs> like fuzzy logic control. Ooh, ooh, Is sounds that, soft. Um, I, I guess the 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 concept I was trying, I wanted to get at that I've heard mentioned uh, several times is uh, instability, unstable systems. Yeah. Mm. So what, what can you tell us what instability is? Well, you see, when you're on an airplane mm-hmm. and you got people from Poland. And they're on the wrong side of the plane. <laughs> Things go badly. <laughs> oh, I, sorry. No one's going to get that. That it's... wouldn't be funny if we're, we're, we're trying to play people who don't know what's going on yeah. here. Okay. So <laughs> stability awful. is generally, I've gotten into trouble in the past by misusing stability in courses. So generally speaking, stability means um, the reaction of the system when it's being controlled is bounded. Does that make, I don't know if people understand what bounded means. So basically, if you think about what I was saying in terms of linear systems where you put in a value and you get a value out and you put in twice that value, you get twice the value out. Um, a bounded system means for any value you put into it inside the, like in the range of values it's ever going to get, 
the value you get out is not infinite. Mm-hmm. It's a value that's just bigger. Yeah. Um, so that's what's called BIBO stable, bounded input, bounded output. So mm-hmm. as long as the input has a bound, the output will also have a bound. Yeah. Um, if you have an unstable system, which can happen, you could put in a volt and you could get like a 10 RPM output. And then you could put in five volts and you would get like a hundred thousand RPM output. Then it would just go to infinity Yeah, and beyond. Like the example I was thinking is something that's steering. If you're, if your proportional gain, like your, the adjustment from how far you are away is too great, then it oversteers and the oversteer gets worse and worse and yeah. worse until you just crash. And that's normally what an unstable system looks like. You start with a tiny oscillation and it just grows. And then eventually it's wildly flailing back and forth. And then usually you run out of the ability to make it go any faster and it breaks and dies. And yeah. Yeah. People get angry. So instability is the thing you're trying to avoid. Yeah. And so there's different ways of quantifying how stable something is or trying to make it stable, design controllers to make things stable, to um, <laughs> express the different parts of something that are stable. Yeah. So um, Bible stable is just one example of that. There's also like Ruth Hurwitz stability and like all sorts of other like, ways of quantifying how stable something is. But generally, that's what you're looking for is it does generally something that's reasonable no matter what you give it. Okay. And that's a problem with, just really quick, that's a problem with nonlinear controllers because it's very difficult to validate and prove that they're stable. Okay. Because um, they basically react in ways that while you can figure out what they're going to do, you never really know exactly what they're going to do because they're not really generally governed by mathematical expressions the same way as linear controllers. Mm -hmm. And so what sometimes people will do is put a PID controller in parallel with a nonlinear controller. Just in case that nonlinear controller goes crazy, the PID controller could take over and bring it back in line. Hmm. Calm it down. Yeah. Hmm. You need to chill out, son. <laughs> okay. Anything else that we should know about PID controllers? Am I am I prepared to go out and make a motor do things? I think those are the the. Ba- I mean, there's all sorts of other things like how they react to triangle inputs as opposed to square inputs as opposed to impulse inputs, like a little spike and different ways to tune them and stuff like that but generally that's the that's the basics that's what you got to know to talk to controls guys yeah um a lot of controls guys by the way who are in theoretical control um don't like pid why not because it isn't as mathematically rigorous in a lot of different contexts as the traditional what they call modern control which Mm. are um very mathematically focused hard design of uh, control systems to do a very particular thing um that's governed by a lot of math But PID is a much simpler concept. Yeah, PID has become popular and become kind of the go-to control technique for industry because it's simple enough for people to understand how to put it together and get it to work. Mm -hmm. So a lot of systems in industry, whether you're doing injection molding or heat transfer or whatever, um, they'll have built-in PID systems that you just drop it in and you press tune Mm -hmm. and then you're done because it's generally pretty easy. Yeah. All right, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think at least we're good Everyone has a starting point for doing their own research. Yep. Yeah. Make and sure that you guys keep your feedback negative. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, these these jokes are only funny to people who, <laughs> for whom this is a redundant podcast. <laughs> yep. Uh, All right. So if you got that, thanks for putting up with half an hour of us telling you things you already knew. Yeah. <laughs> and if you didn't, feel free to write in and ask us to explain the joke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you and can, if there's something you have a question of in terms of this, let us know too. Yeah. Yep. Pete could talk about controls forever. All day and long. ever and yep. ever. He's an unstable system. 
<laughs> the amount he wants to talk about controls just grows and grows. It's unbounded. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So if you have any questions about that or other things that we've mentioned on other episodes that you'd like explained in one such glossary episode like this, feel free to uh, send us a tweet on Twitter yeah. at how do you eng? Yeah. Or uh, send us a message on Facebook or I don't know, pin us a picture with a question in it. Maybe that would be awesome. Maybe I think that's if somebody oh. if somebody could write down a question on a piece of paper and then like pin it, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like that's well. Our, first, they have to like host it somewhere and then get a cute dog to hold it. Oh, like one of those shaming pictures where the dog has a thing <laughs> exactly. around. Only the question is like, <laughs> but how does integral wind up work? How does sampling rate affect my response? <laughs> What's quantization? What's digital control? Oh, All right, okay. whoever does that first will be my new hero. Um, was there another? Those are both how do you eng, by the way. Yeah, yeah. At, Pinterest. slash how do you eng. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. If you want us to email. at how do you dot engineer. Yep. Yes. And if you want us to keep oh. doing this, you should go rate us on iTunes. We yeah. appreciate it. Cool. Thanks, everybody. Right. Thanks, Pete.